This is minute 33 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Trevor Gibson, your host. Uh, with me today is... Gina Radcliffe. And Aaron Gambrell. Today's minute starts with Cher, uh, Tia, and Cher's uh, father all sitting down, and Cher's uh, father answers his pager, I believe it is. He yeah. answers his phone. Fo- their phones go off at the same time, I think. Yes, that was point. the end of the previous minute. They uh, So Cher's father answers his phone... Cher gets a call from D, and uh, they find out about this party in the valley, and they decide to go, and uh, they talk about boys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the <laughs> minute ends with Cher giving Tia some advice on how to attract Ethan. Elton. I think it's Elton, yeah. Is it Elton? <laughs> it is yeah, Elton. Yeah, Elton. Because he's, he's got the same name as, like, he's one of the few characters that mm-hmm. has the same name as the character that he's, he's based on from the book. Uh, Mr. Elton. Uh, yes. Yeah, I like to remember it because Ty Ty refers to him as Elton <laughs> with her accent. Yeah, her accent is so great. Can, yeah. Can, just... can we talk about how 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 Ty is the best character in this entire movie? She totally is. She totally yeah. is because I mean, but before her makeover, she actually looks way more like a typical high school student. Yep. And and she just got this. She's supposed to be from New Jersey. Am I? Is that is that correct? That's definitely East Coast. That's Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah that's Brooklyn. That, though that I'm... sounds that that sounds like New Jersey, New York to me. Because she and it just it just it's so funny and just so like it just sticks out like a sore thumb. Right. And, and she and she never really loses the accent, even even when she gets her makeover. It's like she still maintains a little little piece of who she really is, and it's just it's great. She's really. I, I feel that she kind of got because she, her career kind of peaked a little bit with this, but yeah. again, really so did Alicia Silverstone's. Well, that's true too. Yeah, but I feel like you know because a lot of Brittany Murphy's movies after this were not good. That she, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this was an instance where she caught lightning in a bottle, but she was just really, really good and natural in in this, in a way that a lot of, a lot of actors in teen movies aren't, and it's just, you know, when you watch that, it's like, wow, she really was good in this. Yeah, she brings a real, like, earnestness to the role, mm-hmm. and she's, like, she sort of does serve the purpose of the everyman, in, in which, you know, most of the people watching this movie, certainly at, I was 12, I think, when it came out, like, I definitely had no idea what it was like to be a rich woman in, or a rich girl in Beverly Hills. So like, you know, Ty is sort of our lens, I feel like, for for that world. And we feel like we're kind of breaking into that world with her. Right, she does exactly. that so well. Yeah, the the only thing about the, um, not to cover someone, not to sort of step on anyone else's minute, but um, the I really don't like any, like, sort of makeup, uh, not makeup, uh, makeover uh, as plots in movies or anywhere mm-hmm. but the one thing that kind of saves hers right, for right. me is the fact that you know she whatever school she attended before she probably wasn't the most popular kid so i can relate to if a bunch of if i move somewhere a bunch of you know a bunch of cool seemingly cool people started paying attention to me it was like hey why don't you try this this you know i would definitely go along with them because you know you're like 15 and the world, the world is a dark and scary place. Yeah, I mean, if someone, you know, someone as like charming as Cher came up to me and was like, "I'm gonna make it as easy as possible for you to like go through the rest of this school year," I'd be like, 
that's fine. Yeah, I'll do whatever yeah. you need me to do. I'll put, you know, Diet Coke cans yeah, in my like, hair or oh, whatever else. It's the equivalent right. of, you know, falling off of a boat and someone throwing you a life preserver. It's like, thank you. Thanks for saving my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. I don't think that I don't think that the movie tries to suggest that she's unattractive so much as she just kind of dresses a little, you know, un- lack of a better word, uncool or not, not yeah. stylishly. But I yeah. mean, I don't think at any point it's not like a lot of other high school based makeover movies in which you know she wears glasses <laughs> and a ponytail, and then she lets her hair down. She literally lets her hair down and takes her glasses off, and suddenly she's the most beautiful girl in school. I mean, right. she she was cute to begin with, and I don't think the movie tries to claim that she isn't. Right. But but then you no, know, she definitely gets, not. She, she dresses a little more fashionably in in, in a way that. You know, it draws more people's attention because, again, she goes to a wealthy school. That kind right. of thing is going to draw more people to her. Right. Yeah. It's grooming. I mean, yeah. But comparison to how I dress now to, um, in comparison to how I dressed when I was like fifteen, I, you know, it's a, it's an absolute nightmare. So that is kind of part of growing up in a way. It's just getting your <laughs> together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cher gets a call from D, who is at the mall, and let me just say, this uh, mall storefront is amazing. All the shirts behind her are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she gets a call from D telling her that um, that Elton uh, has hung up the picture of t- of Ty. I keep wanting to say Tia because of the way I've written. I wrote it down weird in my notes, and now it's bugging me. It should be t- it should be Tia. What kind of name is Ty? <laughs> yeah. That's just a weird, that's just a weird name. I don't yes. think I've ever met another Ty in my it's life. bugging I'm me so much. Not. Elton has hung up the picture of Ty in his locker. Uh, let's dig into this a bit. Um, creepy or super creepy, <laughs> considering that they're not dating and they barely know each other at this point. Well, I, I think that anything that Jeremy Sisto does is <laughs> creepy. And, and yes! He, I mean, I don't know. The, the first two, I think that I saw... Have you ever, uh, yes. ever seen a movie called May? I have. I know the movie. No, I know I exactly think so. what you're talking about. It's, it's, it, you have seen. Yeah, he he he's in that, and he's not the villain. He's but he still comes off as just very sl- slimy, and 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 then you've got his character on Six Feet Under, which is oh my god, just 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 very off-putting yeah well so and so I think the origin of him putting Ty's picture in his locker. Um, is I mean that harkens directly to Emma, right? Where right, yeah. Emma paints Harriet, and it's you know we find out the reason why it's not because it's Ty, it's because well, spoilers. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming everyone's already is, seen this, which is kind of weird because I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, guess, I guess it's kind of cool that you know I guess he considered it you know like a piece of art or something that she sure. Did, but... But I mean, it was just a it was just a picture. It's like a leap for him to yeah be like, oh, this is something she did. Yeah, because I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, if it was actually a painting or like a sketch or something, I would feel I would feel slightly less yeah, creepy or about a it. But because it's yeah. a photograph, which is not to say that photography as an art as a medium has uh, any less merit as uh, as an artistic medium, but it just feels right. just feels weirder. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 I I can't I can perfectly understand why people would misinterpret that particular gesture in this. Oh sure. I mean, I mean a painting again. Yeah, it's like okay, well you maybe he he hung the painting because he liked the subject or because he liked the art. But a photograph, I can definitely see why someone would think that 
it was because of the subject of the photograph. Uh, so you were talking about the storefront. What I noticed was that Dion is wearing a beeper, um, like on her pocket, but the beeper side is not out. It's like the clip part is out. Yeah, it's like, it's... So, it's... and I was thinking like, if it were me and I had a beeper, I would just like put it in my pocket. But it's like a fashion statement to her. This is like, I don't know, yeah. she's, she's using a beeper as like an accessory, which I just thought was like really interesting and... It's so 1995. <laughs> I've heard yeah, of you that. definitely. You know that she definitely has like different color cases to match with every album. Yeah, I yeah. I, I that barely was remember pagers. So I, I feel it was something people thought that they needed more than they actually needed it. Definitely. Because, you know, no, nobody other than you know surgeons and drug dealers <laughs> need to be that easily yep. accessible yep. at at, at yep. all times. Yeah, exactly. When was the first time that you, uh, both of you saw Clueless? Um, I actually came to it much later. I, I was already in my 20s when it came out, and at the time I was still in sort of a riot girl phase where where, sure. where, where that that kind of thing, I don't want to say it, it, it stood for everything I was against, because against, that's a little dramatic, but it wasn't something that interested me, and I thought it was very superficial and and you kind of you know celebrating of of you know the the, the value of being pretty and popular and uh, and then i i i probably maybe early 2000s so i would have been closer to 30 and i just happened to catch it on cable and i'm like oh this is adorable why did i not watch mm -hmm. this sooner <laughs> you know and it's just and, and i just it, it really it, it did an excellent job of really kind of being more and i this sounds you know, so goofy the way i'm putting this being more than what it seems like it's about if that makes mm -hmm. sense you know sure. what i mean and and, and uh, you know, obviously part of it has to do with you know it's source material but you know if you it's one of those movies where if you give it a chance and you watch it from beginning to end you actually find yourself rooting for these characters even as foreign as their, their lifestyles may seem to you. And that's saying a lot because I really do not like romantic comedies. And the, mm. the primary plot line of this is one of my least favorite ones. And that's pretty much like people, and, and I'm speaking specifically of Ty and Trevor, you know, characters who are clearly Travis. meant for each other. <laughs> you know, Travis, Travis. Yeah. Um, who are clearly meant for each other, but for you know various plot machinations are are kept apart, and that's just that's always just aggravated me. But in in a high school setting, it makes more sense because for whatever reason, Cher doesn't think that that uh, that he's right for Ty, even though they clearly are, they're clearly perfect for each other. And when you're in high school, your friends do so, do tend to steer you away from yep. someone they may perceive as being you know, quote unquote wrong for you. And then when you finally, you figure it out for yourself, then, you know, that's when you, you take a stand for who you really are. So, you know, and that's, again, the plot arc of Ty is figuring out who she really is. And as it turns out, she is this kind of, you know, you know pot-smoking skater chick. And, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> and, and that's, you know, wonderful that she came to that point. Because a lot of people don't come to that point until they're well into adulthood, if at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was 12 um, when the movie came out. And I don't remember, like, seeing it in the theater. I think I must have seen it. Uh, when it was available on videotape at the time. Um, and, you know, as a 12-year-old, it seemed like kind of the perfect movie for someone that age, like, you know, someone who's, like, looking up to teenagers and stuff like that. But I really don't remember it resonating too much with me, although 
Um, recently I was looking at like old pictures of myself in middle school and I have like basically the same outfit that Ty is wearing actually in this scene, like a striped shirt and a flannel, <laughs> like a flannel shirt on top. So like aesthetically, I probably resembled Ty more, but I definitely wasn't smoking pot or like, you know, I don't know, like you weren't talking, you weren't talking in a broad New Jersey <laughs> Brooklyn accent. No, I probably wished I was though, rather than my dumpy Amer like a Maryland accent, but uh, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. So I mean, I remember it and I liked it, but I think it wasn't until I got much older that I like really appreciated it and rewatched it a few times. I, I felt for the, the the type of movie it was sold as, it it, it came off a, a lot better than the trailers made it look and the sort of the, the sort of uh, attention it was given. Yeah. It's not it's not just part of the establishment, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I first saw this movie uh 3 days ago. <laughs> Fresh. Yes. Well, we, just... Have we established that have we established that you're actually you're actually born after it came out? Yeah, uh, I think we might have said that. Know. But yeah, I was I was born in 96. This movie came out in 95. <laughs> wow. That's bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so it's entirely possible your mom could have like watched this in like the in the hospital while like waiting for you to be born. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> you saw but in I, utero. <laughs> it's possible, but I doubt it. My mom was uh, in her late twenties, like thir maybe thirties, maybe when this came out. So I don't think she watched it. Well, she could have been like me. She's a captive right. audience. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I do know my uh, one of my sisters, my youngest sister. She uh, she loves this movie. She uh, this movie and Material Girls with the uh, with the Duff siblings. Oh wow! <laughs> yes, uh, two movies that she absolutely loves. They were always um, anytime I would go to visit her because she's much older than me. Anytime I would visit her at her house, you, they were uh, these two movies. Those two movies were usually playing. So <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces, but not enough to um, not enough to understand really what the movie is about because. If you just watch little snips of it, it seems like this very superficial movie. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, on closer inspection, it's obviously a lot more than that. And it's also surprisingly, it, it is you know, despite the the clothes, obviously, and the um, and the it it it, it holds up pretty well. I mean, yeah. it's not it's not something where you kind of cringe in embarrassment at you know. Well, yeah, this is how things were back then. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and it's like, it, it, I, as opposed to a lot of other 90s movies, it, yeah. it, 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 it ages well. Mm -hmm. I have to say, though, it feels to me like if this movie wasn't made in the year it was, it could be a perfect, perfect uh, parody of the 90s. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Definitely a, it's, it's definitely a snapshot. Yeah, most definitely. But the only difference is uh, none of the... Um, None of the most very over '90s things are said or done in a, in um, in an ironic way. No, and, yeah. and 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 again, it's a little it's a little exaggerated. I mean, most people in the '90s were not walking around in in like you know fat you know, in high fashion clothing and and spending every weekend in parties at the valley. So it's 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 not entirely realistic, mm -hmm. but it is. But it but it you know it does provide a, a, a sort of less embarrassing portrayal of that time period than a lot of other movies in the same. I mean, if you watch a movie like Reality Bites, which was geared, <laughs> which, was, which was geared towards a, a 
considerably older audience than this was. I mean, that's just like, oh God, when you, when you, when you, <laughs> just the, you know, how the the guy who who quote unquote sold out because he wanted to make a living yeah. is like is like the 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 less desirable candidate for dating than the kind of asshole guitar player. Yeah, and, the man child. Right, and again, that's that is accurate to how things were in that time period but but to look back at it now it's like oh god that's just mortifying <laughs> you don't really you don't really like here the the the, the vapid selfish guy is is the jerk and he you know does not get what he wants in the end there's like a fairy tale aspect i think about clueless that like that kind of makes it timeless in mm-hmm. that, like, you know, she's she's like a modern-day princess, and, you know, Paul Rudd is the prince, and she's got, she holds court, and, you know, there's all those things like that, and that, you know, that sort of stuff are, like, they're, like, classic storytelling things, and... You, you could yeah. say that Cher is all that. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that, which is another 90s term, yep. After Cher gets the call from Dee, and uh, Dee tells her about the party happening in the valley, we get this uh, scene of... Murray and Deed just having no idea where the fuck they're going or where they are, <laughs> which is uh, just made me so uncomfortable because it just reminds me of going on vacations with your parents and they <laughs> they're both lost and they're just yelling at each other and you're stuck in the back seat. It's like, yeah, and oh, they have a paper God. road map. Yeah, they have like yeah, yeah, they have like the like the the almanac you could like yeah. buy at the gas station. Yeah, the like the road atlas. It's yeah. just very, it's very, yeah, it's a very stressful scene for me because I have I have no sense of direction whatsoever. <laughs> so, so I've gotten into you know, in the in a pre GPS era, I have gotten into arguments with people about you know is up north, you know, and then, <laughs> right. and, and giving and giving directions according to landmarks, like, you know, go go two blocks and then make a right at the seven eleven and and it's like, well what do you mean go west? I'm like, I don't know, just go to the seven eleven. <laughs> I, I, I understand That's how I give directions. Yeah, I mean I, I understand the, the tension that this might cause between a between a couple. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I lived in the um I lived in the same small town for like eight, 19 years. <laughs> And I, for the life of me, couldn't name more than two streets in that entire <laughs> tiny, tiny town. Yeah, I mean, you, have to, you, you can't go by you can't go by north, south, east, west. I mean, who, who knows that? You go by landmarks. This makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that scene's really good though, because they're they're. I mean, throughout the movie, they're really like an old married couple, but like that that part especially yeah they're just like it's like it's almost like they've been together for like 30 years at that point <laughs> but they're only like 16 15 or 16 yeah they definitely they definitely have a good uh you know rapport together where he mm-hmm. he's clearly trying chomping at the bit of freedom but she's uh <laughs> she is more interested in, in uh, keeping up appearances we'll yeah get to that we'll get to that in another minute so the, oh yeah the, definitely yeah. The old ball and chain, huh? Huh? (laughs) Waka waka. (laughs) They finally, somehow, we never do find out exactly how they get there, but they do end up at the house in the valley. And uh, Cher Cher gives Ty some advice on uh, on how to lure in Elton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't... uh, Don't just walk up to him uh, right out of the gate. You gotta... uh, talk to someone preferably a boy in his eye line whenever he comes over to talk to you talk to him just long enough to get him interested in the conversation <laughs> then leave and then apparently 
you he's on the hook you got him which mm-hmm. i don't i don't know that that would work in real life i i can't imagine how awkward a conversation would be with someone where they come up to you and start talking to you and then and then like okay bye and then walk away from them yeah i, I can't i don't think you know if i was that person i'd be like well i guess they're not interested in talking to me <laughs> yeah exactly well yeah like yeah, yeah, she says, look like you're having fun and you're really popular. Like, if you could pull that off, wouldn't you just do that all the time? Like, wouldn't that just be your key to popular, you know, like, how how is someone supposed to do that? They go to the school, stay in school with him, so he would know if she was actually popular. <laughs> yeah. If someone was that subtle, if someone was interested in me and was that subtle about, uh, about expressing it or just trying to, trying to get my interest as well or see if I'm interested in them, I would have no idea whatsoever. Yeah, that's a little. It's a yep. little too subtle. I don't think. Uh, I don't think most people would interpret that as interest. You know, so much as you know, possibly this person is sort of checking me out, but I can't really tell. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to tell at all. Like any any time anyone flirts with me, it's like I'm driving to work three days later. <laughs> Oh, I'm the same like, way. Oh, sh- oh shit! They were interested in me. I'm God damn the it! Same way. Not until someone's like mouth is on my mouth. <laughs> Am I like, oh, oh, okay? I guess you're into me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah, def- definitely. The the just stopping the conversation, walking away. I'd be like, well, that was that was depressing. You know? Yeah, and then I would be like, what did I do? Like, what did I say? Or how did I look? Yeah, it's- yeah. No. I think that about covers. Uh, minute 33 uh yeah it ends with um uh share gives <laughs> gives ty some very dubious advice and uh ask her you got it and uh we'll find out ty's response in minute 34 so before we wrap this up for good uh does anyone have anything that they would like to plug um i'll go so i have a podcast called ladies who library um which is just basically about you know, different things to do with working in a public library, but it's pretty accessible no matter, you know, if you're a librarian or not. Um, cause we talk about what we, you know, read, watch, listen to blah, blah, blah. And you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and ladieswholibrary.tumblr.com. And I write about, uh, 70s and 80s television at tuneintonight.wordpress.com. Well, I have a little, I have a little podcast out in the countryside. <laughs> Where uh, uh, called apparently the greatest, where uh, me and a bunch of friends watch every movie on the American Film Institution's 100 Greatest Movies of All Time from the Last 100 Years list. <clears throat> yeah, uh, we base the whole goal is to just watch classic films and uh, sort of uh, do a bit of research into uh, the, their context within the uh, you know overall film canon and all that jazz. It's lots of fun. Many, many laughs to be had, many serious thoughts to be pondered, and uh, a good time is had by all, usually. <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Twitter, uh, at HaskellTheOwl, and uh, that's about all I do. That's it for Minute 33, we'll see you tomorrow, where we'll cover Minute 34. Um, I've been Trevor Gibson. I'm Aaron. I've been Gina Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. Is produced and edited by Darren Husted. Executive produced and hosted by Trevor Gibson, with my guests 
Gina Radcliffe, and Aaron Gambrell. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If Underscore Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcast app of your choice. Rate and review us if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.